Welcome to This Week in Craft Beer, the podcast, the weekly show where we interview the people making the magic happen in the UK craft beer scene, sponsored by Them That Can, the premier mobile canning service in the UK. This Week in Craft Beer publishes the UK's leading craft beer newsletter every Monday morning by email. To subscribe for free, please visit www.thisweekincraft.beer. This Week in Craft Beer would like to thank our generous Patreon supporters John Stevens, Nick Flynn, Jamie Ramsey, Sue Johnson, Steve Hartley, Jazz Hundell, Phantom Brewing Company, Dolphin Brewery, Becky Bentley-White, Bayonet Brewing Co., Ryan Charlton, The Paper Mill Micropub, Doug Thayer, Robert Baker, Aid Bardi, The Sociable Beer Company, and The Small Batch Brewing Co. So I'm delighted to welcome to the podcast, uh, in his third appearance, Ross from Flock, based now in Canterbury, in Kent. I first spoke to Ross on this podcast back in January 2021 at sort of the in the depths of COVID, I guess you could call that. Um, we caught up again at Hop City last summer uh, in August, and this is the third time around for Ross. Um, the reason I really wanted to get him back on is, is it's been an incredible year for you, Ross. So let, let, let's start there, shall we? Talk about everything that, that you've accomplished since we spoke this time last year. And then, uh, yeah, get into some more details about the wonderful facilities you've got there in Canterbury, which I was lucky enough to experience a couple of weeks back. Yeah, so we've moved into a new site, um, quite a big expansion from my small place in Margate, which was 430 square foot. So the new place is <laughs> 7,000 square foot. With, oh, my goodness. <laughs> um, yeah, on-site tap room. I mean, it's way too big for us at the moment, but it's kind of going around all these other places and seeing how much space they need um, for future expansion. I thought instead of kind of doing the middle ground growth, just get the bigger site now. And Very wise. Yeah, moving, moving is such a pain in the ass, isn't it? But, yeah. You know, there's yeah. no point in, in inflicting that upon yourself, you know, twice in five years, which would, would no. have, sure would have been what you'd have been looking at if you'd yeah. have gone to an intermediate space. Yeah. I mean, it's the floors, the main thing, the floors, you know, 2000 square foot of space um, yep. and a lot of money. So whatever you do to it, you've got to take it out at the end of your tenancy. So, to do that twice would be. Oh, of course, I've, I've never even thought about that. But I guess you, guess you, you know, passing lease on to another brewer, they don't want the brewer's floor, do they? I mean, yeah. If it's not a brewery, you'd be all right. But if it was um, anyone else, they want you to dig it up and yeah. then start again. Good so it probably yeah. cost at least half of what the floor cost just to put it back. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah, we moved into the new site um, last September. Right. right at the end of September, we got the keys. Um, I know that because it's. I got the keys the day after my daughter was born. Oh, wow. Um, Big and week. Then, yeah, <laughs> yeah, busy week. And then we, yeah, and just kind of set about setting everything up. The floor took a while. Obviously, post-COVID, all the trades were a bit busy, so that took a little bit of time. I had grand plans of buying a brand new kit and um, getting loads of money off people, but that didn't happen. No. So I kind of just did a, a big bank loan and then a friends and family crowdfund thing. Yep. Um, just to kind of get us going. But all the meantime, doing the um, contract brews at Full Circle. Yes. Um, just to kind of keep the name out there and learn a lot really from, you know, packaging splits to their processes to what's popular in the market. Learn, you know, doing things wrong, like over packaging into can at Christmas when everything went to crap again. Anyway, yeah. And then sort of started brewing here in February, March right. this year. And yeah. And now we're here. I mean, lovely guys, though they are at full circle. Could you not have chosen a brewer a bit closer to Kent than Newcastle? <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I honestly tried. I mean, we went through a few contract breweries. Um, during you were at Signature, weren't you, for a while? Uh, no, Gypsy uh, Hill. Oh, Gypsy Hill, that's right. Um, yeah. And then, yeah, a couple of others. 
But yeah, I mean, they were great. They were fantastic. They made very similar beers to us, so that's always a good thing. Oh, definitely. So, I love I love Full Circle, yeah. Probably the best uh, bit of advice I can give to anyone wanting to contact, contract brew, just kind of go somewhere that does similar beers to you because we've definitely. had a few issues with some breweries um, that don't. And so you're kind of trying to reinvent the wheel at that brewery. And yeah, that's so, cool. but they're really good. And yeah, but it was nice to start brewing ourselves so we can kind of tweak recipes, taste drawing, hmm. ferment and stuff like that. So rather than just kind of going up there, tasting it when it's all finished and giving it the sign off. But I'd yep. drive up on the afternoon, get there, sign off the beer, go to my favorite pizza place, stay the night and then drive back at three in the morning and get back for nine for the next day. Good so that was my like 24 hours in Newcastle every Ooh. time. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, since then, so it's, we've just kind of just been tweaking recipes, getting to a point where we're happy with how everything's coming out, um, yep. which is good. Bought our own canning line. Nice, yeah. About two months ago, well, I've bought at least, as with everything. Um, yep. And then, yeah, just to be in control of every part of it. Yeah. That's the idea. So what's um, the size of your brew kit now, Ross? So it's uh, it's 20 hex, so 2,000 litres. But yeah. FVs, we've got a 3,000 litres. So anything over kind of 4%, we have to double brew into them. Right. Over Usually over a two-day period. Could we use such a high proportion of protein malt in the grist? It's, yep. Our efficiency is not exactly amazing. And the kit's pretty manual, so we don't have rakes or anything like that to... Mm-hmm mix it up so it's um yeah and you know that's working well for us it's not ideal the dream really would be obviously a kind of oversized match done at the size of your room but right. um the kit that i found i kind of had to find something that was available at the time so we bought it used from orbit um and then yeah just had to get cracking really great what we had yeah I was, of course, in Canterbury a couple of weeks ago you unfortunately you were at the uh the three the these hills um the Beak Festival, weren't you, that yeah. weekend? So I missed yeah. you. But uh, it certainly seems like you're, um, you know, you, you've got an immense amount of space to expand into there, haven't you? You know, you're, you're sort of rattling around down at one end of the of the huge uh, unit with your with your brew kit. Just fabulous to see, you know, the, the sort of the potential and the and the, the the room for growth you've got there. But even still, you've got you got yeah. So we've got four thirty heck ones and two twenty heck ones. Uh, the twenty heck ones were part of the kit from Orbit, um, mm-hmm. and they're not great for the kind of beers we make. So we're kind mm-hmm. of it's just, yeah, the efficiency is really bad with the, we're getting really low yields from him. So um, we're starting to kind of move away from using those for those kind of beers, especially with, you know, anything over kind of eight pounds a litre dry hop. It just yeah. clog, clogs up and doesn't work. Hmm. But yeah, I mean, we could, the kind of space will allow, because we've got nine metre high ceilings, but it'll allow for, <laughs> you know, 90 hectares tanks, like yes. times six if we wanted on one side and then another four sixties. But, you know, at that size, you start kind of, Get into trouble with storing of dry goods, yeah, and sure. packaged beer, kegs, everything, and it kind of becomes a bit of an issue. So, you know, I've, I see us being here for at least five years, and then we'll see how we go. Yeah, you know, it's a suffice to say, you've got an immense amount of space to grow into there, so it's, it's a nice, nice not to have that concern. But you've also got um, a pretty significant customer space, uh, you know, so inside. You know, you've got space. I, I don't know. You've got six, eight pretty big tables, haven't you? So you know, space for 50, 60, 80, I guess, depending on how sort of closely packed they are, and and more than double that outside, haven't you? You know, you've yeah. got a ton of space here, which is absolutely terrific. Yeah, I mean, we could fit easily two hundred and fifty and change yep. inside and out. Yeah, you know, we've had days we've had like three hundred people there, and it's been fine. So it's it's a the whole idea was, was to be kind of very customer focus right at the yep. beginning. I mean, it's, it's been a godsend tap room for cash flow. Oh, I bet. Um, you know, things like that, just weekly 
we wouldn't be here without the tavern. I'll be honest. No, no. Um, already we're a new business. You know, it might seem like we've been around for a while, but we're still trying to get into a very congested market yep. with a lot of good breweries out there, and people still go with what they know, which is fine. It's understandable, yeah. but um, yeah, it's not it's, it's not easy selling beer at the moment, especially no. with everything going on. So even for us, so right. yeah. No, it's so it's a sobering, uh, sobering thought. Certainly, as I say, tucking into this uh, dipper at three o'clock on a Tuesday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> we'll get to that in a moment. But you know, certainly the tap room, you know, enables you to just become part of the. You know, what is a pretty big city there in Canterbury as well, isn't it? So you know, you you've moved from you know, Margate, which is a you know is a is a smallish town, but another pleasant tourist destination. But Canterbury is is one of the you know more significant sort of UK tourist cities, I think. So hopefully, you're starting to see some some passing. I wouldn't say passing foot traffic because people are not going to pass you as such where you are, but hopefully tourists are seeking you out are they and you know and you're getting more than just a local trade there yeah 100 percent. the whole idea of it was that it was easily accessible so you can walk from town in 12 minutes down yeah it's not far nice river park and then yeah. you've got you know one minute of industrial state and you're here from the river so um five minutes away from the main train station that kind of is kind of south kent and then yeah yeah you can be from king's cross to here an hour including the walk so it's yeah that was the whole plan i mean going down today last year was seeing how close they were to the train station. That's right, yeah. You've got to make it easy on people. And mm-hmm. it's been really good like that, you know, people kind of walking. I mean, people do drive, which is, you know, there's a lot of cars here on a Sunday morning, put it that way. Right, well, that's good, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been fantastic. And also, it's, like, it's something that we didn't really look into too much. I knew mm-hmm. it was weird because most breweries, I was up a track last week and, you know, 20% of their market is Manchester. Right. And for us, it's probably 0.5 tops percent because there's so many Shepherd Neem pubs yep. in Kent. So we don't really sell, yeah, we don't sell locally at all, really, no. um, which is not great. But it also means that the people of Canterbury kind of wanted something different. You know, Shepherd Neem pubs have their space, but it's there's a certain kind of beer that they do. Yeah. And people wanted something a bit different. So, yeah, we had a lot of people say this is what Canterbury needed, not only because it's the beer's good and it's more kind of a space and some something people latch onto. Yeah. A bit of atmosphere. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, and, and just to if people are thinking what you know, wondering whether it's worth coming down to country just to visit you guys, we actually did a, a nice little sort of circuit where we, you know, we drank our way pretty much through your tap list. Um I had a lovely wander through the park along the river to Pegasus. Nice. Um, which is a really nice vibe there, isn't it? I mean, that, you know, yeah. it, it's sort of positioned as like as a gin palace, I think, is you know, is what it yeah. says on the window. But actually, they've got a really nice selection of nicely curated beers, um, you know, tending on the bigger side. I think they had a 17% stout when we were there, which was yeah, <laughs> a big one. Yeah. Um, and then um, when we were done there, we, we wandered a bit further into, into town. And I'm just struggling for the name of the other place. But there's another uh, tap room. Thomas Tallis. Yes, Thomas Tallis. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Which again, not, you know, another very different vibe, but but another good selection of beers. And so I think you know the, the combination of, of yourselves, Pegasus, and, and Thomas Tallis is terrific. You know, a lovely little circuit around the you know the, the city of Canterbury, and uh, yeah, jump back on the train to uh, to London when you've had enough, basically. Exactly. So it's a good day out in the in the Kent countryside. <laughs> well, yeah, not. yeah, and easy to get to. That's yeah, it's yeah. I think you know, most most breweries are usually kind of out in the middle of nowhere, and that's the whole reason we had to move from. Planet, which is Margate, Broadstead, Ramsgate. It's just everyone's like three miles out of town. Yeah. And I just 
I had an inkling that I would need the tap room to work straight away, and that inkling has come true. So brilliant. <laughs> and it's you know, so what what are your open hours and days? Uh, um, so we stretch right? out. We're making hay while the sun shines. So sure. We started on Fridays and Saturdays, then we started on Sundays, and now we're doing Thursdays. So Thursdays four till ten, Saturday, Fridays t- one till ten, Saturdays one till ten, mm-hmm. and then Sundays twelve to six. Fabulous. And then I guess you'll review it in the autumn and decide whether that exactly. makes sense for, for the winter season. Yeah. Or not. But, I mean, uh, it's cold. It's cold in there in the winter. <laughs> it's cold in every tap room in the winter. That's all right. Don't worry. Yeah, about exactly. That. Do some blankets. Bring, bring your coat. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, you, you okay with the with the neighbours there? Are you in terms of you know those those opening hours? There's there's no issue there. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, we go and lock house on fire. We've got a little deal with Howdens that they when they do a kitchen um, when someone books in a kitchen fitting or something, they give a voucher and they buy beer from us. Oh, and nice. they just give us the money. Yeah, it's good. So we right. get a lot, and we get a lot of trades in. Going, what's your closest thing to Foster's? So we've got a pills now. So yeah, yeah sure. Have that, no, so do, yeah, yeah, yeah right. everyone's really cool. It's a nice. It's a kind of it's like twenty percent recreational industrial states. So there's like a climbing thing, a skate right. room, all that kind of jazz. So it's not good. one of those industrial states where people no one wants to go to, which is just full of car garages. It's, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah, it's People nice, nice to have a, sort of a, a mixed yeah. clientele and, and people coming in for leisure activities who naturally yeah. are going to be thirsty by the time they're finished. So exactly, good, isn't it? Yeah. exactly. Yeah. Brilliant. Let's um, let's talk about from nowhere. But this is this is exactly what I would expect of a dipper from Flock. You know, you open the can at arm's length and you're almost overwhelmed with the aroma. You know, from from a from a yard away. Um, yeah, just just beautiful dank flavors. I. I uh, I haven't got my glass on, so I can't see what the hops are. I'm sure you, you can help us with that, but it's just super dank. It could be Galaxy, it perhaps isn't, but you know, it's it's that kind of flavour for me. It's a really punchy, lovely little bit of bitterness. Just just everything I'm looking for in a in a modern dipper. And you know, as I say, it doesn't disappoint. This is this is exactly what I would expect your dippers to taste like. Yeah, uh, I mean, we yeah, it's Nelson Southern Strata and Zeek. Okay, yeah, that was a, it's the first dipper that we tried to do in the new side. Um, I think we only made like 1,500 litres. Okay. And then we, on dippers of that size, usually lost about 35%. Oh, no. Um, ours was easily that, if not more. Um, and then the canning line went down mid-pack, so we didn't actually have anything for trade. So it just, um, we sold a little bit to export, which was kind of reallocated, and then um, just selling the rest direct. It's, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it was punchy at the beginning. It's like 27 grams a litre. I don't really know what I was doing. It was kind of at the beginning, we were just... Chucking as many hops in as possible. But, um, <laughs> I think you're selling yourself short there, Ross. It's, it's, it's nicely mellowed out. Um, it took mm. like a month in can to yeah. mellow out. But yeah, one of my favourites. It's one of the weird beers that actually on untapped is going up. Usually beers on untapped go down. Right. But yeah, it's actually going up, which is strange. So, well, I, you know, I, I'm definitely this year finding that I need to let dippers sit a little bit um, for the sort of the, you know, the sort of the savoury vegetal kind of flavors just 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 yeah. to sell out of it and you know I, i'm appreciating these these type of beers a lot more a month after canning than, than than drinking them fresh and you know i don't to be honest with you, i don't often get a chance to compare and contrast so i've usually only got one but you know one of the times where i have had two cans of a beer you know the the, the second can always seems to be better for, for my money i mean you know i guess it depends what you like doesn't it and some people are obsessed with that super fresh you know first day kind of can flavors but no i i, I like them to, to mellow and settle a little bit and this brilliant I, I couldn't imagine this this tasting any better so uh, yep uh have, have you done a few more dippers since um since uh, we've then? done one other uh a rebrew of one i did in margate right um that recently came out again the yield was horrendous it was all pre-allocated to, to export because they like strong beers abroad so yeah got like one case left and yeah 
So, yeah, I think they want, there's a guy in Sweden who asked for a quote for 4,000 cans of dipper and, you know, we usually get out maybe 1,500 cans. Wow. So it would be a big day, kind of double mashing two days in a row for the big tanks to kind of get that going. But, yeah, that brings the same problems, you know. But I do like making them. Or yeah. I like, yeah, I, I do enjoy dipper every so often. Would, would you imagine just contract brewing a dipper somewhere with a bigger kit or would that not make commercial sense anymore? I kind of just, the, the whole thing with contract, I mean, the contracting was great for kind of getting the name out there a bit, but it does soften the brand image. It's like people get a bit confused about, people like to hold on to the brand, as, especially with breweries, that there's yeah. a kind of a, a place where it's made. I know what you mean. Yeah. Kind of, I mean, I could farm it out, but it's just, it's nice to do in-house. Yeah, yeah. You know, out. even if you can ensure the quality, and you know, and, and you exactly. not have to worry about it, it's just to say that there's just a suspicion in people's minds. Oh, it's just it's a contract brewery. What's that all yeah. about? You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, you don't you don't want that association? No, no. So I don't think we No, fair enough. And I guess you know, presumably from a from a sort of a profitability perspective as well, you're probably you know better off making a six percent IPA all day long, aren't you, than than you know struggling to to make a different eight percent with such a poor yield. Yeah, I mean, the GPs are different to cash margin. So, the, you know, you can charge a bit more for a dipper and you will actually come out reasonably even, but it's just the amount of loss you get from a brewing perspective. And the, with our, especially with our kit, it's just so inefficient that we're not going to get the kind of the, the numbers that we need to kind of make right. it a, a regular, regular thing. So I think we're going to bring it down to maybe once every quarter we'll do a dipper. Okay. Um, I mean, they sell, but mainly to export. Right. Um, I know people kind of overindulged during COVID and dippers have kind of had their time a little bit, especially like tippers, you just don't see them much. No, good. I mean, you know, good riddance as far as I'm concerned. I'm not, never have been much of a fan <laughs> of tippers, but dipper, that's my sweet yeah. spot, I think, for me. Yeah. You know, this is this is exactly the strength of the other. That's your that. payout. That's your payout. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's it. sounds like a slightly incriminating the way to put it, but you're probably right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're kind of concentrating on a broad range of, you know, our style, hoppy, hazy, um, yep. across a broader range of ABVs now. You know, it's, it's quite, it's, again, it's been a bit of a learning curve to kind of figure out splits of can to keg. Obviously, can is three times the profit of a keg. Is that right? Good Lord. Wow. For us, so, yeah. but keg's selling really well, cans mm-hmm. weren't selling very well, but our cans are starting to sell better now, which is good. So it's just figuring out the balance between the two and having enough stock of everything across yeah. a broad range that means that everyone keeps buying from you and kind of keeps coming back because it was very hit and miss. Like we'd have loads of one beer and then that would sell and then there'd be nothing on the store for a few weeks. And then, but now I've kind of, I'm keeping stuff, especially for direct customer, keeping, we're packaging more into cans. We've always got a good stock on the trade store. Right. Um, of everything. Um, I think we've found a good balance, especially now we've got canning line, we can kind of pack when we need and whisper, which is our kind of constant payout. If we need 50 cases, we'll do 50 cases. If we need 10 cases, we'll do 10 cases. We, we right. can do that now, which is really good. Nice. So, yeah. yeah. And you I can mean, always, you know, you, I guess you can always shift the kegs, can you, if, you know, if you do end up having to keg Exactly. Yeah. 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 Assuming yeah, you I mean, can get the kegs in the first place, of course. Well, that's a good story, isn't it? Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we, we're just about all right. Um, I think we've just about got enough. We've got another two pallets coming tomorrow, which I ordered mm-hmm. five weeks ago. And then they still haven't opened up ordering for new clean kegs. No. It's been three weeks now. So 
yeah, everyone's screwed. I was speaking to Brian all the month, and he's like, yeah, yeah can't, can't get kegs anywhere. No. It's just, if, if those guys can't get it, then no one can. Yeah, so, and I'm sure, you know, they've obviously got the purchasing power on the yeah, exactly. record. You think yeah. they'd be first in the queue. So yeah, you would, yeah. Worrying, but um, yeah, hopefully we'll uh, we'll keep uh, keep getting beer into glass somehow. But that's it, mate. That's it. <laughs> I thought about when it when it really went bad, but I thought about just opening the tank up and having a little tank party. But three thousand liters might be a tricky one to sell. Yeah, weekend, you'd have, you so. need a big crowd in that night, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's all fine at the moment. I think we're just about just about keeping stock of what we need. So yeah, we'll be. This Week in Craft Beer is sponsored by Them That Can, the premier mobile canning service in the UK. Them That Can deliver the machinery, labour, materials and most importantly the expertise to achieve a professionally canned product that keeps their clients happy. For more information about how you can get started with their amazing services, please visit www.themthatcan.com. Excellent. So the last time I spoke to you was was a year ago, and I think at that time you'd you'd either just been to Daya or you were about to go to Daya. And I, I remember you saying that you more or less just had the barefaced cheek to reach out to Theo and Co. and say, you know, hi, I'm Ross. I'd love to do a collab. Or you know, I'm not quite sure if it was as simple of a story as that, but I, I remember you being sort of slightly awestruck that that you you know you, you'd actually got away with with getting in there to do a collab you know thoroughly justified and, and deserved in my opinion but you know since then you've you know you've, you've been on a bit of a tour haven't you and you know so, so talk to us about collabs and how important that is from your perspective for growing the brand uh there was a kind of there was a stage especially when we were just starting producing from here that i knew that we needed to get in as many people's faces as possible yeah um we were increasing our production by about eight times from recent releases so people that hadn't bought the beer for a while or people had never bought the beer or even export um distributors that kind of thing i wanted it to get into as many people's hands possible and if it wasn't made here it would be made by other people so that was a reasonably calculated triple collab month <laughs> in february march but some people think you know sometimes you don't want to ride on always do collabs but for me it's about learning from breweries at the top of their game sure, which absolutely. everyone we're working with at the moment are um, and I don't think you can really come away from those experiences with nothing so and you did you did Daya you did Verdant um, yeah <clears throat> um, so you just been to track yeah Rivington pressure drop yeah we, we've done a few fantastic and it's, it's, it's great you know, we've got a few good ones coming up as well. We've got a couple of return legs right here. Um, ben from Edmonton came down a few weeks ago. Yep. Um, and that's, that's also nice that they feel confident enough to put their name on beer that you've made at your site. Absolutely. It's all well and good kind of going up there and obviously they know what they're doing, but for them to come down to us means that they've got respect and trust us totally. with their yeah. brand image because it's, it's quite a precious thing no. to give up. No question. The kind of brewing aspect of anything so yeah yeah so yeah it's been really good and my whole plan with it is just to kind of surround myself or the brewery with the best in the business definitely and then i'm hoping that we can get as close to that as possible yeah I, I can't see any downside to it at all really i mean yeah sure you don't you know not every beer you release is going to be a collab that now that, that that would get a bit kind of stale eventually wouldn't yeah. it but you know the fact is you know you, you're if you're collabing with with the, you know the best in the business and you definitely have done in the last year then that's just an amazing way to 
to get your brand. I mean, you know, just just as a as an example, a few weeks ago, I saw on the you know the craft beer channel had had one of your beers on, didn't they? Well, I think that was the Verdant collab, yeah. wasn't it? I know, you know, I know, you know, they were saying very kind things about that flock and the beer, and so they should be. But you know, that that's great exposure, and you know, the more the more people like that talking about flock and understanding that you, know, you are. No, amongst the amongst the leading UK craft brewers now, the better. So yes. we're trying, we're doing our best. The thing is, you've also got the issue with if you're doing collabs with all these people, your beer has to match up to a point. You know, you can't, you don't want people to start saying, you know, they've done it with these guys, but their beers. When you're on your own, yeah, no one else good. You know, so that brings its own kind of stresses and yeah, um, yeah, but it's definitely getting there as far mm-hmm. as I can tell. So. I like to think we're we're on the right path. But I assume you come away from every single one of those collab brew days having learnt something and you know and and, and with, with thoughts and and you know yeah. and ideas for, for for the next time. Yeah, exactly. And everyone's just so open with processes, information, and it's not just the brewing; it's all the back end stuff. You know, like right. Stefan, Stefan from Track was helping me with all the website stuff on last week. Right. You know, all this, <laughs> that's great. Like, it's just you know stuff like that is just amazing because. They've been through it, spent hours, weeks, months. Yeah. Kind of figuring out how the best, most efficient way of doing things is. And, you know, there's only four of us here. We've got a new brewer started last week. Right. Good. So there are three of us. And Tim was doing all the brewing. Eddie was kind of sales and operations. And I was just, I did a bit of everything. Yeah. Um, From the pest control to, you know, (laughs) figuring out the name for the beer and invoicing, yada, yada. So, yeah, we need to be as efficient as possible. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. No, no, indeed. So, what have you got? You were at the, as we mentioned a bit earlier on, um, at the Beak Festival uh, two, three weeks ago. What else you got in the calendar for the next few weeks? Uh, we have, um, we've got a lot of clubs coming up. Yeah, um, a few returns. Beak are coming down here. Um, got a return leg with a couple. Um, yeah, I'm away a lot the next few weeks. Yeah. Uh, festivals or you know uh, yeah we've got one more festival i don't know if i'm allowed to say yeah okay i don't know if they've released it yet but right. actually no and we've got um farm fest the rims oh you're doing the doing rimton festival yeah yeah cool. did you go uh, last year no i didn't no oh, that, that was a great event uh, I, yeah. I, I, unfortunately i'm not going to be there this year but it really really such a lovely spot um well i mean because you know you've been up there to brew so you know what a great uh, a great location well, i didn't go my, oh. my daughter my daughter was very young oh, so no. yeah I've, yeah, Eddie went. Oh, you have that pleasure um, to come then. But no, it's <laughs> exactly. such, such a perfect yeah. spot and, you know, lovely outdoor yeah. space, you know, limitless rooms. I mean, I don't know how many tickets they sold last year, but it seemed like there was about 20 people there. I'm sure there was more like 500, but, it, you know, it's so spacious that there's yeah. no no crowds at all. And it's just just perfect rural, you know, lovely rolling countryside. Yeah, just, yeah I mean, yeah. it's a dream location for a brewery. Like, oh, yeah. Industrial states are all well and good, but mm. you really want to look, be looking over, over the sea or... Over rolling hills, don't you? Yeah, I mean, they, you know, Ben might have a different opinion on what it's like brewing in a in a barn, you know. With, with <laughs> yeah. but uh, but certainly in terms, once you get outside, the outlook is amazing. Yeah, yeah. But no, that's, that's so that's cool. What about you? Got any sort of you, you doing sort of tap takeover, meet the brewer kind of things, or do you not get so sort of involved with that? Yeah, we've got a few tap. In terms of like meet the brewer, I mean, I've, I know it's a big part of the business, but for me at the moment, it's using our time as efficiently as possible. So yeah. It's just, you know, me being away for two days just puts me back two days. It's just, sure. I only have so many days a week. And yeah. it's the same with anyone else here. If we are away from the brewery, then everyone's kind of got to pick up the slack. So 
it, doing the collabs for me at the moment is kind of the way of getting the name out there as much as possible. Sure. Um, and I'll happily go for 24 hours to Manchester. Or, yeah, there's no better um, way to get a nationwide uh, sort yeah. of brand presence than that, I think. Yeah, you know, there's like 8,000 cans going out across the world. Um, that's a good use of my time, but it's sometimes... We get asked a lot to do tap takeovers. Yeah, you do it, you know, tap takeover to meet the brewer. You're only probably speaking to 20 or 30 people. And, yeah. you know, well, so they will be super engaged, passionate beer fans. It's yeah. not the same reach, is it? And I'd love to do it. You know, we will when we've got more stuff. But, you know, we, some of these breweries we're working with have got 30, 40 stuff. Yeah. Cool. You know, we just, we've got four people <laughs> in the team. So <laughs> it just doesn't work. And, you know, no. money wise, you know, people will pay for people to pay for travel, hotel. Yeah, of course, which is it's yeah, the other. It's, 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 it doesn't Sign- come free. So. Significant expense, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, we've got a few tap takeovers at a couple of breweries. We had a little tap takeover at Track, um, nice. which is great. Again, it's quite nerve-wracking when your beer's on a brewery like that. I bet, yeah. But, yeah, like these hills was great for that kind of... Well, these hills was a brilliant festival because it was so well curated. Right. There was just no bad beer there. No. It was, it was just all fantastic. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Danny did really well with that. No, absolutely. Um, and then, yeah. We've got a few more tap takeovers at a couple of breweries. We've got there is a meter brew I'm going to, but it's in Ramsgate. So okay. it's so where I, that's where I live. So <laughs> three minutes from my house. You can walk so. to that one, yeah. Exactly. Good, good yeah. to know. Yeah. <laughs> well, you got coming up beer release wise, Ross? Uh what we got in tank. We've got the Rivington collab coming out next week. What, what did, did you say what, what that is? It's a Jimmy's it's an IPA, is it? Or? It's an IPA, yep. yep. Uh six point six percent. Lovely. What is it? Um Strata Mosaic. Mm-hmm. Um, I tasted today, pretty green, and you got dry hopped yesterday. Yeah. Um, and then we've got another IPA. <laughs> don't don't apologise. And then That's we, what we want to hear. Yeah, I mean the, the beer we're making most of is Whisper, which is five point two percent Simcoe Mosaic, yeah, Citra, and that's kind of our bread and butter. Um, yeah. But we're always kind of tweaking the recipe a little bit. We've got our own machine reverse osmosis for the water because the nice. water's so hard here. It's, it's the same kind of system. I used in Margate, but um, on a bigger scale. Yep. So yeah, we can kind of tweak the water profile, mess around with everything really, which is great. Yep. So yeah, making sure we've got a lot of like, low ABV options at the moment because they seem quite yep. popular. Yeah. yeah, no, cool, absolutely. And you got, as you say, you got a lager um, on in the tap room, haven't you? You, you, yeah. you, you brewing any other styles? No, no. Don't, don't worry. <laughs> don't don't apologise for that either. I mean, you know, it's a. So no. I don't think you should feel any pressure at all to to go outside the outside the lines of what you're doing so well um well yeah none of us in the brewery like stouts with porters okay so until someone comes in that does uh, we might might do one for the winter maybe yeah. on the smaller not played but, around with any sort of kettle sours or anything or? oh we do tim tim likes a kettle sour in the because we've still got the old fermenters the one barrel one so hundred. Yeah. so sometimes he jazzes out takes some work from the big kit chucks it in there you know we have mm-hmm. like an eight percent mango and passion fruit puree sour nice that we just sold in the bar yeah well um, that's the beauty of it isn't it you know you, you can do that on the you know on the on the sort of the pilot kit and you know you know you're yeah. going to sell a keg or two of almost anything in that tap room yeah. because people are going to come in and you know look at ipa 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 oh hang on a second there's a sour there so i don't you know people are going to order it by default just to, exactly. to sort of punctuate the ipas aren't they even if it's yeah. no good and i'm not suggesting it wouldn't be any good i'm sure it's great but yeah <laughs> we've always got we've always got an offer of you know we've always got a sour reporter on yeah, we've always got a sour on, even if it's not ours. 
Yeah. Um, just because you say people want a little bit of a range, but yeah, it's I'm nice. Not... You know, you need to you need a just a, a palate cleanser, don't you? Just to, yeah. to, to to give your taste buds a rest and you know set you up for the next IPA bomb. So that's all, all good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and I think I said to you like the first time we spoke, what I want is people to know what flock is right at the beginning. So even yeah. if even if they walk into a bar and any of our beers are on. 99% of the time, it will be a hoppy beer. If you like hoppy beers, you'll like our beer. Yep. Um, so, yeah, just to lay the foundations like that, for me at the moment, is the way forward. Sure. Um, all well and good if you want to kind of go out and start doing every single style under the sun, but uh, that's not the way we do things here. No. Right now. No, I don't, I don't see why it should be. And, you know, you can always, uh, I'm sure you'll you'll bring in the odd guest beer or two in the tap room just to round out exactly. the, the, the range yeah. if you need to. So, it's, you know, it's no, it's no harm with yeah, we have to have takeovers of people that do collabs and like when we release the track collab here, we'll have a few of their beers pouring and that yeah. kind of thing. And same with the big one, you know, we'll just, it's, you know, it brings people down. It's an interesting thing for Canterbury and Definitely. yeah, keeps us on our toes. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I should do, um, so when we did the, um, the, the, the original recording in Marga, I asked you to, to give a shout out to a little guy in Margate, so I should probably do the same for Canterbury. So who impresses you amongst your local neighbours doing a great job promoting independent craft beer? I mean, we've already mentioned probably two places that you might have gone to. Is there another one that you can you can think of? The thing is, that's it. Is it? That's, well, that's okay. The, the, Pegasus, the Pegasus is the only place we sell to in Canterbury. Right. Um, well, tell me a bit more about Pegasus then, because by the time I staggered down there, I, I was a few beers probably past my best. So, so describe Pegasus to, to me. So it's it's a really yeah it's an amazingly welcoming space. Steve's been super supportive from the start. He is one of the best quiz masters in the world. He goes on. Oh, is that right? Tours. Yeah, <laughs> and I th- I'm probably wrong with this, but he I, I know he does tours of the world, kind of hosts and quizzes and that. Wow! But he also does our quiz at the tap room every That's Thursday, great. first Thursday <laughs> month. Um, and he also I think he writes questions for some TV shows. So that's his kind of main gig. Oh, great. And he just likes strong beers, so that's why in there you'll mainly have like stuff over seven percent. It was a distra- or, I think was it a distraus seventeen percent stout we had down yeah. a couple of weeks ago that was just yeah, absolutely bonkers beer. Finishing beers. It was. It finished us. That's for sure. Yeah, Me yeah. and Steve just you know we staggered down to Thomas Tallis. We ordered a, a, an IPA, <laughs> sat and sort of stared at it for half an hour. Said, oh, "Time to go and get a Chinese takeaway." You know. So. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's yeah. He's been super supportive from the start. Just a great bloke. Um, it's a really nice, brilliant thing to have in Canterbury. And I didn't want to, you know, open in our place. We didn't want to tread on his toes. So no, well, I don't think you would be. No, no. Even if you'd have opened a hundred yards from him, I don't think you'd be treading on his toes because you're just validating, you know, the the, the the craft beer destination. I think yeah. aren't you by having you know more than one place to go. So well, I think there's a Brewdog opening soon. So is that right? Well, I don't see any harm in that either. You know, I'm not by no means Brewdog's biggest fan, but you know, they that will open the market up still some more. And you know, you'll you'll get a a knock-on of customers from that, I think, as well. Yeah. So. The way I saw it was that they spent a lot of money doing research into a city about where to open their bars. Yeah. And we did we did no research. So we <laughs> Well, just, they probably did no their money. research three years ago and it's taken them that long to actually get the bar on its feet. And meanwhile, you you know, you come along, Johnny come lately and you're smashing it already. Well, yeah, I think so. Maybe. Brilliant. Yeah. Excellent. Any closing thoughts, Ross? Um, you know, what, what have you got? What's your what's your sort of thoughts 18 months? Since we since we last spoke about you know how how things are going for flock how the craft beer industry is shaping up and what what you're expecting the next eighteen months, I mean I'll just say that it's harder than you think. Yeah, it's you know we had a strong brand image. It was um, you know it was well received from the start, but it's not 
all easy. And yeah, anyone kind of coming into it that thinks it is, especially if you're kind of self-funding or yeah. you haven't got kind of massive pot of gold. No. Um, yeah, it's tricky. It's not, it's not all rainbows and dippers, no. No, no, no. And you need to kind of make sure the beer is, is literally is the best you could possibly do. And that is kind of, if you're charging what we charge, even though, you know, we're pretty competitive, you have to be on kegs and stuff like that. Sure. It still has to be, you have to be aiming for high mm-hmm. because otherwise there's a lot of beer around from very good breweries that people will just choose. First. Yeah. And that's what we're kind of contending with at the moment. And it just for us, like consistency product, you know, making it as good as possible and not kind of going too crazy with anything. Maybe 27 grams a litre in a dipper is a bit stupid, but <laughs> I think that the bourbon cab was 25 grams a litre. So right. you chuck a few more in. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's a tricky business, you know. Yeah. Maybe five years ago it was a bit easier, but yeah, it's an interesting time, especially with everything that might be happening in the next few years. So hopefully it'll work out and we'll just kind of keep growing from there. But I'm not pushing for growth in terms of fermentation no. capacity at the moment. I'm just trying to use what we've got better. So doing larger brews in the tanks, like maxing out the tanks we've got, instead of doing 3,000 litres, we're doing like 3,600 litres, right. um, things like that. And just making sure that you make beer that sells. There's nothing worse than having it knocking around for, we don't really have that problem, but it's like the lager we brew once a quarter, right. mainly for the tap room and then bit in can. Because um, yeah. otherwise it's not really viable. You know, it's a six week turnaround on a tank. Yeah. Rather than three week turnaround. So if you start doing the numbers of two turns of a tank with a pale hour rather than six weeks of a lager, it, sure. You know, no one would ever make a lager on this scale. No. There's, there's lots of cheap lagers out there. So yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's it's a it's a great business. The people are amazingly friendly. Yep. Um, the other breweries are amazing. It's it's been an absolutely lovely experience to be welcomed into all these other places. Right. Yeah. No, I'm sure it has. And uh, from from my perspective looking from the outside in i'm thrilled with with how far you've come you know I, i'm i was stunned at the you know the look and feel of the of the brewery in the tap room um, when we were down a fortnight ago you know I, I think you're set up to you know as you say maybe to ride through what could be a bumpy 12 or 18 months yeah. um you know economically but you know hopefully you've got enough uh, footfall there at the tap room to to keep things ticking along nicely and you know you don't you don't need to hire 50 staff just yet do you you know you've got the no. you've got the space to to do it <laughs> you know you've got that nice yeah. office upstairs where you could have 20 people sitting there if you needed to but that's where i'm sat now yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know i think you've you've got to the point where you you know your, your reputation and your brand is is getting nicely established in the uk and yeah, i'm really looking forward to seeing where it goes from here thanks rob cheers mate in the meantime i will uh, i'll let you go ross but definitely i'll come down and see you again hopefully some point in the next six months and yeah keep uh, keep cracking on we will speak soon sweet cheers dude